Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hello, everybody. It's Dave here from Good Morning Gallahorns, Two Old Bloggers. It's Saturday, the day before week one kicks off in full earnest. Yes, we had a Thursday game. It was a good one. We had Dallas go to Tampa Bay and almost beat them. Except for a non-OPI call that none of us from Minnesota shed a single tear over. Hey, that's what happens sometimes, right, Dallas? Yes, Drew Pearson still pisses us off. So, we don't care. I wanted to welcome everybody today. As we embark on the 2021 campaign with your Minnesota Vikings in hopes that we get to the goal. What is the goal? It's that. The Vikings' first ever Lombardi. Hey, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take some luck. It's going to take some skill. It's going to take, obviously, effort. Uh, Hopefully some lack of injuries and some people stepping up to play at their maximum. All 17 games and then all through the postseason. But first... I wanted to talk about a few things. Earlier this week, friend of the show, friend of mine, Matthew Collar, posted a tweet. Most of us have talked about it. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, for the very first time, at least that's how I read this, sat down and watched film together. This tweet blew my mind. I'm sure it did yours too. How can that be? We know Mike Zimmer sat down with Teddy Bridgewater. Per Collar's book, he sat down with Sam Bradford and Case Keenum and um, Matt Castle. Why didn't he sit down and watch film with Kirk Cousins? It seems extremely odd to me. Hopefully, on the good side, it's like a married couple on uh, you know some stressful times, and they're going to counseling and they're trying to patch up the relationship. Maybe Kirk feels he can take the next step if he can see through the eyes of the coach. I wish the coach would have done this three years ago, but. The dynamics between those two is awfully, awfully strange. Curious what you think. But first, need to check in on where's Darren? There's a good reason why Darren's not here. Let's check in. Well, there's Cincinnati. Well, he's not in Cincinnati. He was... uh, vacationing up in Nova Scotia, and he was due to fly back two days ago. But his plane broke. 
And we're talking, you know, remote Canada to remote Canada. So that didn't happen. He's do he's supposed to fly back today. So let's check on him. Oop, that wasn't on. Here we go. Boom. Oh, he's loading on the plane. Hey, wave to us, Darren. Can you hear me? No? Well, damn. Well, we'll see you next week for sure. Let's get into breaking down some of the stats of this game. There, here's your conventional stats, right? Taking from Elias Sports Bureau. And we're looking at the 2020 stats because, of course, we don't have any, any uh, stats yet for this year. And it'll take a few games to get the stats built up to where they're accurate. But looking at last year, I wanted to highlight a few things. Yes, the Vikings offense scored more than the Bengals offense. Yes, the defense was lousy last year. Even the Bengals were a little bit better. And if you look at it crosswise at points per game, overall yards, passing yards, rushing yards, etc. You can see how last year's squads will would face each other. Well, this is a new season. Our offense is pretty much the same except for tight ends. We've lost Irv Smith, unfortunately. And obviously, um, what's-his-face, number 82, uh, Kyle Rudolph is gone. So we'll have to rely on Conklin, who's been nursing a hamstring injury, and the new guy that we traded for. Uh, his name is not Ellison. We got him, though, too. But um, what was it, Mullen? Something like that. From New York. But I wanted to look here at the breakdowns of the quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins obviously played all games last season. Completion rate just under 68%, which isn't bad. Over 266 yards per game. Yeah, love to see that at the 300 range. He had 35 TDs, which is outstanding. The only unfortunate part was the first part of the season when he was throwing picks like they were candy and had 13 of them. He had an overall QBR and the old traditional QBR 63.2. And you got to remember the best quarterbacks in the league are just barely sniffing 80 on that one. Um, <laughs> I've got Drew Brees over there. Obviously wrong on my sheet. It's, it is not. It's Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow only played 10 games last year before he blew an ACL. Which is going to be interesting because he's coming off. It's only been a little over nine months since he's come off surgery. And the question is, when everything gets live and cranked up to 110%, is he going to be making the right decisions or is he going to be a little hesitant? We don't know. We'll have to see. I'm betting on the latter, especially with the pass rush the Vikings look to be generating. Hey there, Viking spins. You feeling pretty good about that? That's You hit the prediction 27-17. Good ones. I like that. And of course, Mary, thank you for joining us as always. 
those are the general stats, and they're based on last year. Well, let's look at some better stats for this year. Here we are, quarterback comparison as per PFF. And I do use PFF a lot. It's a good individual score. And especially when you take the whole season together and throw it together for specific individual games and plays, it doesn't always make sense, but I understand their methodology. Here they're showing Kirk Cousins versus Joe Burrow. Cousins, they added an 83, which is a good quarterback. They figure he's around 10-ish, somewhere in there, give or take a couple. Burrow, 75. But you can see Cousins is much better with a clean pocket, much better under pressure, and that's where the key for Burrow is going to be. How is he going to play under pressure? With the big front that we're bringing, will he be able to do that? Hey, Kirk Cousins will have that. Uh, Bradbury is going to have their big uh, um, Mead, what's his name? Reader, DJ Reader, um, in his face all day. Their defensive tackle. And it's going to be interesting how the guards and Bradbury play to keep Cousins clean. Because obviously clean, he does better. And he's fantastic in play action. So we should see that. Cousins is better both in big-time throw percentage and turnover-worthy plays. He is better, less prone to it, than Joe Burrow. Now, I'm hoping Joe Burrow has the knock that he doesn't have that much velocity on his ball, on his passes. That's why he's not good so far deep. He's outstanding in the middle range, that 10 to 20-yard range. But he's not so good deep, and it tends to flutter. Well, he worked on it. He's worked on some of the mechanics, and he supposedly picked it up by about five yards or five miles per hour when it comes to throwing speed. But it's still supposedly, from what I've heard, at the bare minimum. I love that, Mary, that we win. I don't think it's going to be that close, though. But the problem with a a quarterback that doesn't have – enough zip on the ball, and we saw it with Teddy Bridgewater, is that he's got to get the timing absolutely perfect because it takes longer for the ball to go through the air to one of his receivers. That's better, Mary. I like that one. And he's got some good receivers. T. Higgins is one of the best. And on the other side, he's got... uh, Tyler Boyd. Both should be good, right? But if you're taking time to throw the ball, that gives our guys, like Patrick Peterson, chance to recover and hopefully get some picks tomorrow. And <laughs> Thanks, Barry. And the overall look from PFF is this. The And I forgot to update. I got Saints minus three. It's actually us minus three. We're favored by three. Boy, I've been in a rush this morning. And the over-under is 47. The PFF folks thinks it's going to go over the over and under, not by much. And they have it less than three on their deal. I can't see that. 
I can't see that as far as, you know, my computer in front of me. There's, I don't see it happening. The Vikings are better. The defense is better. They have the defense right now. It's 14, but it's got to be better than that. The offense at 13. It's got to be better than that. Hopefully they play that much better. But you can see the difference in where they have the Bengals too. And we dominate on all three categories. Question mark might be special teams. But hopefully, you know, we're only talking about scoring points every drive. And it doesn't matter anyways. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, if I keep hitting the wrong button, let's check in on, uh, we're back to Cincinnati. See where Darren is at this point. Oh, there he goes. Just took off. He should be back in Yellowknife by the end of nightfall. And like I said, he will be back come next weekend. One thing I wanted to talk about was the new Bengals uniforms. Why do I bring up the uniforms? Well, that brings us into the next category. They they announced that they're going to be playing in their all-whites tomorrow. Why would they play all-whites at home? It's a sharp-looking uniform. I like what they did. They've simplified it. They kept the stripes. They've simplified it. The only difference on the whites is there's no orange in the in the side stripe on the pants, but hey, that's cool. But the reason they did is they're going to have the Vikings wear purple tops and white bottoms, and it's for heat reasons, besides trying to pimp the new uniform. It's for heat. So let's take a look at the weather. Weather tomorrow in Cincinnati. Game time kickoffs around noon central. Got you here a little bit before, and we'll run to about you know three o'clock. So I got you a little bit afterwards. You can see that when they go out for warm-ups, it should be about 80 degrees, mostly sunny, and about a 12 mile an hour wind. That shouldn't be too bad. That's a pleasant day. But it warms up over game time, and it'll get close to 90. They're forecasting 89 by the end of the game. And uh, the only thing that's going to go away is some of those clouds per the forecast. Forecast provided by Weather Underground. They're hoping that in the warmer, or in the darker jerseys, that the Vikings will get gassed and... Have a hard time, get cramps, get out of breath, they're out of shape. This is one of Zimmer's worries was their conditioning. This will be a test. The the wearing of whites was done on purpose, like I said, for two reasons. To affect the Vikings and to hopefully increase sales in the new uniforms. Both are advantageous for Cincinnati. The Vikings are going to have to overcome that. Will they? I don't know. We'll see. They should. What are you thinking when a team goes down to Cincinnati tomorrow? 
Before we get there, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I've started throwing up some of my artwork on the website and on Facebook. And one of the art pieces of this week was of Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill had uh, got his extension. Five years, $92.5 million. It brings him, he signed through 2026. Seems like an awful lot of money. But the cap hits next year isn't that bad. It's usually in the middle of years, but there's a bunch guaranteed. But, well, my question to you and something to ponder, one, he's our best offensive lineman as of right now. It would be nice if he's that good, gets better, and then some of the other guys get even better. I could deal with that, too. You know, eventually, Darisaw, if he ever feels, sees the field, and Cleveland and Udo at the guard positions, and of course, we'd love to see Bradbury step up. But I wanted to congratulate Mr. O'Neill on uh, setting himself up. He's doing good. He wanted to stay with the Vikings. He did stay with the Vikings, and uh, they made it happen, and we have six years of O'Neill play to look forward to. Mary asks, are you worried about our starters not having played much? That's a great question, Mary. Absolutely great question. Possibly. Now, Mike Zimmer says they have played quite a bit a lot. They've scrimmaged. They put them in situations. But they've kept them away from the full contact and tackle to the ground exposure. Whether it be Dalvin Cook. Um, not that I don't think it's going to harm Dalvin Cook. We watched this with Adrian Peterson. We watched it with Dalvin Cook before, missing the entire preseason. It seems to go okay. And I'm betting he's running into things during this uh, training camp and preseason. So he's he's used to being, he's firmed up the body, you know, got in fighting shape. But we'll see tomorrow. I think he'll be fine. Same with Madison. Uh, we have Justin Jefferson back off of injury. Uh, he should be hopefully fine. Hopefully he's not guarding that shoulder. It should be healed by now, I would think. You have Adam Thielen. He's already been out a few plays during the preseason. Hopefully, what I'm looking forward to is to see if the chemistry and the timing between those two especially, J.J. and Thielen, are still there with Kirk Cousins. I worry more about Kirk than I do the other because he played after he came back from his COVID sequestration. He didn't play so good. I want to see him play good. I want to see him start out hot. It will be important for the season. We have the Bengals who can give us a game. They're not, it's not like we're playing Tampa Bay this weekend. We have the Bengals. They can give us a game. It should be a little bit more forgiving than if we were playing Tampa Bay, but not much. 
And that should give them a little extra edge, a little extra time for uh, to get into that rhythm. But hopefully it's there from the first drive. Speaking of the first drive, let's see what Spawn of Kubiak does. Clint will be calling his first real, and it counts, game tomorrow. And the question is, is it daddy version two or is he a combination and more innovative? Let's hope for the latter because I want innovation. I want to see him blowing defensive minds across the league. Now on the defensive side, to answer your question, Mary, we have Patrick Peterson hasn't played whole bunch of guys haven't played. Nick Vigil um, is going to be starting for Anthony Barr because Anthony Barr was ruled out, as well as Darisaw. And uh, Vigil be calling plays. He's wearing a green dot, which surprised me. But Zimmer said, no, he's had it on all preseason. He's doing fine. You have Kendricks, which I think will be just fine. And you have the other guys in the secondary They've been working on their communications. I think they will be fine. I think the big boys in the middle, where you got Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, from everything I've seen and read, they're constantly talking to each other about stuff like, hey, you went down this way. You should have come back this way. They're constantly communicating between each other on how to better guard that front to stop the run, and you're going to be surprised. They're going to get some push on the pass game. Hopefully a lot, because that'll help, of course. Um, Wanham, who's getting the start on the right side of the defensive line, or the left side, and then over on the other side, you got Daniil Hunter. Now, Daniil Hunter will go against our old buddy and pal, Riley Reef, because Riley Reef has moved over to right offensive tackle for Cincinnati. That should be interesting. I expect Riley Reef to have a miserable day against Daniil Hunter. Hey, Jim, how are you doing today? We're, ha, we think we're talking about Kirk having more, more say in the offense autonomy. Because Clint is new, he wants to be able to override Clint more. I did hear this week that he will be able to call more. It was I want to say it was Clint's press conference. That he will be able to make more decisions at the line. That may be part of the reason why Zimmer and, and Kirk got together and watched film. Kirk may have said, hey, coach, you're the defensive guru. What am I seeing here? What decisions should I make if I'm going to be allowed to make decisions? Kirk making decisions and going off script is going to be new. It's it's going to be a new experience. Yeah, he may have had an you know an option here and an option there on a play depending on how many people were lined up in the box or coverage or whatever. But I think this is the next step, and it is a necessary step. If we want to succeed and go all the way to the goal, which we do, 
He's going to have to take that next step. So, let's see if it happens. What do you think, Jim? Do you think he's given more? Hey, cheers, everybody. Need a little drink for after talking straight. Um, I hope so. I surely hope so. Um, my, <laughs> Mary, I'm looking forward to the D being strong too. Oh, without a doubt, I'm looking forward to that. From the back end, the outside, linebackers, and especially the big boys on the offense or on the defensive line. And I'm looking forward to seeing the rotation. It'll be one of those things I watch tomorrow with great interest. You hope so, Jim? I do too. Um, <laughs> I can't think it's his desire to either. Now, running game and play action sets up. I shouldn't say sets up a pass. It very much leads to better play action. Um, and we're going to want to use Dalvin Cook because he's good. Not on, yes, Jim, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If it's second and long, it shouldn't be an automatic handoff. That should really open up the playbook. Hopefully, Clint will see that and do that. And if he does, we don't get two-yard checkdowns. Those drive me crazy. Absolutely crazy. Let's see some medium-range passes. Let's see some deep shots. I think tomorrow is where, uh, especially on the sidelines, because Darren wanted to bring up Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes is out. He has not played a single game for the Bengals. They signed him last year, paid him a lot of money, and he can't see the field yet. He's nursing the hammy. So you have Eli Apple, and I'm trying to remember who the other one is on the other side that are going to be playing Hilton. I think it was, or Hinton. Hinton or Hilton. And uh, one of them's playing nickel, too. They're going to have a rougher time against our two, wide receiver one and two, if the game plan is called correctly. And Conklin... Coming off that hemi, I hope you're well. Stretch the heck out of it. Warm it up before you go in there because you could have a big day. Because if they dedicate assets to both Jefferson and Thielen, that's going to leave the middle open. Their linebackers aren't the greatest. So that's the primary spot where I'd attack them is over the middle of the field like that. And then deep down the sides... Heck, do some crossing patterns over the middle. I think those things will be open tomorrow, especially considering I think Kirk is going to have more time in the pocket because I think the way the line is presently assembled, it is probably one of the best he's seen. Yes, Rashad Hill left tackle isn't my desired Phil, but he should do all right until Darisaw gets in shape and gets into that spot. I suspect that'll be in October. 
which is before that, but you know, he had core surgery and that's it's a slow heal. I had a buddy in Iraq that I worked with who was a marathon runner and he had a lower core hernia surgery and uh, it took him months to recover. And he and I would walk together and then I'd be his pacer and running as he started running because I was slow and uh, slow and old. But he got back to normal and was running two and a half, three hour marathons. Jim, I feel our D should shut them down. I hope they do. I hope they minimize mistakes. Uh, let's let Cook run a bit and then air it out. Oh, I fully agree. Mix that sucker up. Let's run Cook. Establish that run. And then go play action, play action, play action. Run. You know, not run, run pass. So, we'll see. Hey, and we got a new punter tomorrow. This should be interesting to see. He ranked better than Colquitt did last year, so hey, maybe. Teams are always ready for us, knowing what we'll be, we'll be doing. That's not going to be the case tomorrow, Mary. The whole idea of Mike Zimmer and his staff sitting and looking at Defenses across the league and defenses in college to gather new things, tweaking, rebuilding that defense the way he wants it to do new things. We're seeing the heavy front with Tomlinson and Pierce. The two tackles, like I said, it's closer. To, if we brought in Richardson at the same time and the two defensive ends, it's the 5-2. Um, I think they're not going to be ready for him this time. Now, will they be by the end of the season? Possibly. Hopefully he'll keep reiterating, generating, maximizing as the season goes on and as wins build up. Because we're going to get into a rough part of the season where he's not going to want people to know what we're doing. Same goes for the offense. The only way you could do that is if you're executing so well, it doesn't matter. We don't have room for that right now. I'd love to get there, but we don't have room for that right now. So we shall see. Now, tomorrow, Sunday, there's a few new announcements. First off, I want to wish everybody a great game day experience. Curious what you're going to be eating, what you're going to be drinking, How are you going to be enjoying the game? Jim, five sacks and two picks. I love that prediction. I'm going to be sitting here watching via Sunday Ticket here in Texas. I'll be a little bit behind. I will be drinking beer. The question is how much? Generally, if they play poorly, I drink a lot. If they... Play well, I'm at least a half a six-pack in. By the time we get to the post-game show, post-game show, CTP's post-game show, is the final score. We will finally have all four hosts gathered in one spot right here 
with you to have our reactions and join in the conversations right after the game. Now, what do I mean by right after the game? We're planning to go live right before the final whistle. So we will be the first post-game show on the street, available to you and all your friends. To stay away from that alo. <laughs> um, hey, Joseph. We plan on simultaneously broadcasting it, not only on YouTube, but Climbing the Pockets Facebook page, Daily Norseman, our partner's Facebook page, and on Twitter. You can only comment, however, via YouTube and Facebook. Those are the only two deals. Sloppy Joe's, couple beers, sounds good. God, I miss Sloppy Joe's. I miss Sloppy Joe's with venison. That was always a fall treat after we get through deer hunting season up in North Dakota. Oh, Joseph, you don't, you don't have to worry. I'm not drinking that. I'll drink a Texas brewed beer, without a doubt. I've got 512 uh, ale in my fridge at the moment, but I'm going to the store after this and get stock up on some more. Now, I, I go local IPAs generally. Um, but Sloppy Joe's with venison is just, it rocks. I miss that from North Dakota. I miss that from the fall. Mmm. Fall is getting closer and upon us. I see it's cooling down in places and leaves are starting to turn. With that, I hope you all have a great remainder of a Saturday afternoon, whether you're watching college ball or getting out and enjoying the outside before we hit tomorrow and it's Vikings right after church. Uh, or before, and then straight into the game. Until then, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow for CTP's The Final Score right here at the final whistle. But have a great day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Eat well. Drink well. And by all means, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. <laughs>